Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I had a conversation with Zach Hinkle, the curator of the 400 History Show and Mini Museum and the Complex's maintenance manager. 400 West Rich is a collaborative community center for the arts in Franklinton. Zach put the show together on the occasion of 400 West Rich's 10th anniversary. In this episode, we discuss the history of Franklinton, how the building has evolved over time, and what you can experience at the 400 History Show and Mini Museum. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. This episode of the Confluence Cast is sponsored by Gateway Film Center, a nonprofit cinema committed to storytellers and amplifying the impact of their work in our community. A story told by an authentic voice can inspire new ideas and has the power to entertain, push boundaries, spark new levels of empathy, and advance social change. To learn more about their programs and plan your next visit, please visit gatewayfilmcenter.org. Enjoy the interview. Here on location at 400 West Rich with 400 Square Maintenance Manager and 400 History Show and Mini Museum Curator Zach Hinkle. Zach, how are you? I'm all right, Tim. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So... We actually spoke with Chris Sherman about 400 Westrich a couple of years ago. We will link that episode in the show notes. But for those that aren't familiar, Zach, tell us about 400 Westrich. Uh, yes, 400 Westrich and the greater 400 Square is a campus of buildings that contain um, about 120 art studios and some offices, as well as the Strongwater Food and Spirits Restaurant and Events Center as well as some other uh, outbuildings and the Vanderelli room and uh, a lot of free ample parking right in the downtown zip code. Uh, but I've been working here for about 10 years, and I've been the maintenance manager for about a year. Of the, uh, I also live in the neighborhood about four blocks away along uh, State Street, West State Street. And our 10-year anniversary of working on 400 and the properties was in October of 2020, about a month ago, a little over a month ago now. And we kind of realized we did nothing to celebrate it. So okay. I said, hey, what if uh, for in November uh, we act like that's the 10-year anniversary? Nobody's going to know the difference because <laughs> we, we were the ones working on it. And we say we put together like a little history show, like a mini museum showing uh, antiques, artifacts, curiosities, artwork and photos and stuff about 400 and chrome edge and B&T metals. And we kind of put that together in a little walkthrough museum mm-hmm. uh, that I came up with and put together in about four weeks. Okay. And that's where we are today. So first of all, sort of give us a little bit of history of the building. Uh, 400 West Rich, um, the core of the building, the oldest portion was built in 1911. That's where the Strongwater 
Food and Spirits event center is. If you've ever been to a wedding there or a luncheon or a dance party or something, uh, that's the oldest portion. And then the larger kind of portion you see from Rich, Lucas, and Town Streets was built in the 1920s, that whole brick facade there. Um, the whole facility is about 103,000 square feet. If you took Ohio Stadium's capacity and gave everyone a square foot, they would theoretically fit in the building. Theoretically. Walk us through what the, the building was originally used for. So this was built as a uh, ceramics uh, foundry, uh, making toilets, sinks, uh, chimney caps, and some other things like that. It was 1911. Indoor plumbing was all the rage. It was a, a boom. There was a plumbing boom of sorts going mm-hmm. on. And uh, somebody needed to make all these indoor toilets and sinks. And D.A. Ebinger Sanitary Manufacturing Company uh, was here to do that. And uh, that company eventually um, spun off into being known as Ebco. Mm-hmm. Around, uh, let's say, World War II. Okay. It was the atomic age, airplanes, jet engines. So a clunky old name like D.A. Ebinger Sanitary Manufacturing Company went and they shortened it to uh, EBCO. And that company eventually transitioned into Oasis, um, who makes water fountains. And they eventually moved out of this building, and I believe, to St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. However, another thing that's highlighted at this mini museum is is sort of the properties west of Lucas, which was known as BNT Metals and Chrome Edge. Um, the Chrome Edge building still exists, and we have about 26, 27 art studios in there and uh, the photo lab. And then some of the parking lots were once the BNT Metals factory. So... This mini-museum highlights both of those sort of histories together because they're very intertwined, and some of these things, I forget if they came out of 400 or out of B&T Metals. Because you guys have control over all yeah, the space. Yeah, and so, so yeah. it's sort of a joint uh, history show between two different companies. So it's both uh, what and, became EBCO and Oasis and B&T Metals. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it's sort of a mix, and... Uh, it's so far back in the past. Anybody would probably know the difference is probably dead by now. So that's kind of like mix the two together. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and talk a little bit about the history of Franklinton. I'm thinking specifically about the the flood and and how it's evolved over time. Uh, yeah, Franklinton is Columbus's oldest uh, neighborhood in sort of the sense we think of neighborhoods. Uh, it's actually older than the city of Columbus. It was founded in 1797 by a Virginia planter named Lucas Sullivan. He uh, was contemporaries with George Washington, surveying the the western frontier. But anyway, he, he founded uh, Franklin on the sort of uh, peninsula formed by the Scioto River at the confluence of the Olentangian Scioto way back when. And um, his first town he platted was flooded. Uh, and a year later, he built another one, and it had another flood, and then they eventually kind of moved to Franklinton to more where it is today. It used okay. to sit a little bit north where, like, sort of Souter Avenue hits yeah. 33. Okay. That was, like, the original town site. So let's go about 130 years in the future. The original core 400 is built, and then two years later, the 1913 flood occurs, 
uh, which is probably the most famous weather event in Ohio history. Okay. Um, it devastated the Franklin neighborhood, the downtown riverfront, uh, Dayton, Ohio, had even more catastrophic damage, and pretty much every town down the Miami and Scioto rivers okay. saw quite a bit of destruction and death. I think it, at least in Columbus, it killed maybe 500 people, hmm. left about 10, 20,000 people homeless. It caused a lot of damage. Okay. So the oldest core of the building was existing during that, that time. And East Franklin neighborhood was an industrial hub. Uh, there's still some vestiges of some of those older factory buildings, like the 400 building, the Chrome Edge building, uh, the building that um, Idea Foundry's in, mm-hmm. and some other ones around the, the neighborhood. And so then what, uh, what was the expansion of, of 400 then after that? So after the flood era, that was a um, that was like the the kind of the major facade you see okay. along Rich Lucas and town. Okay. That and between those two, that's that's probably about 80 percent of the building's footprint. Got there, it. There's been some additional uh, additions and annexes and things kind of cobbled onto it. But Got it. That's the majority of the structure. Okay. Walk us through what you can see here at the history show in the mini museum. So when you first come into the mini museum, you see these big boiler doors mm-hmm. that are a cast iron. Uh, these were the boiler doors to the boiler in the BNT Metals uh, factory, which um, stood at where the sort of Strongwater parking lot is today, mm-hmm. gravel parking lot, and uh, that building was much older than B&T Metals. So there was something in there before them, because uh, I think B&T got started in the 1930s. It made floor coverings uh, and was a, an extruder of sorts. It would make aluminum uh, trim pieces mm-hmm. for the flooring industry, but it's, it moved into like automotive, aviation, uh, institutional uses. It was uh, at its peak in about the 50s or so, uh, in 1940s and 50s, it was uh, it was the largest black employer in Columbus, uh, okay. black-owned business. Okay. Yeah. So it, that uh, that's a bit of a historic thing. And another thing that's really historic about it is it was one of the sites for the uranium milled for the first atomic bomb under great secrecy. Uh, the Manhattan Project huh. uh, was partly developed in the BNT Metals building. Um, Employees were under strict guard and uh, took daily health screenings. Huh. And they didn't know what they were doing. Got it. Was it. A, it was a big secret program. Before we get uh, too much farther into the show, could, I know that you had talked to me before about some of the things that were developed in this building. Sure. Um, in the uh, 400 West Rich building, being it was a uh, plumbing uh, has its origin in plumbing and mm-hmm. later moved into sort of uh, water fountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly the electric dehumidifier was invented in this building. Okay. And the first refrigerated water fountain, water drinking fountain. Okay. And it's sort of more of an urban legend, and I haven't found any real proof to it, but supposedly the soft serve ice cream machines were invented here. Okay. Uh, but I think, I don't think that's so true. I think they were invented elsewhere and maybe they... Maybe manufactured manufactured a lot of them the here. parts or or made a copycat or something here. Okay, yeah. gotcha. 
But, yeah, these are the boiler doors. Uh, you can cook your breakfast, you know, pancakes and eggs on these. If you wanted to. If you wanted to, I'd clean them first. Might get a little uh, asbestos in there, but I... And w- <laughs> walk us through, so you've got some... Uh, so throughout the museum, there's all kinds of blueprints. Mm-hmm. And fo- it's kind of a mix of photographs and blueprints along this wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some building plans of 400 West Rich, um, labeled as Ebco Manufacturing Company in the mid-1950s here. There's also some contemporary photos of what the building looks like. Yeah, and so you can see what the original intent and layout of the space was, also how it's changed. What I thought was interesting is the blueprint of the the showroom that's now Strongwater uh, Bar. Mm -hmm. So this is a, uh, it's actually a blueprint of the ceiling pattern. Oh, okay. So if you go in the, you know, if you had a drink at Strongwater one night and you fell on your back, that's what the ceiling would look like, and it still kind of does. There you go. So, and this is the kind of famous little cute receptionist desk that's in the lobby and mm-hmm. the staircase and where the orange couch usually lives. Yeah. Um, it should be noted that the, the orange couch is in The orange couch is on display uh, in the museum, yes. Yes. We had to remove it from our lobby for COVID precautions to yeah. keep people from congregating there. So instead, we said, oh, we'll put it in the museum. Yes, and <laughs> it, it should be noted that you can't sit or yeah, You can't sit on it here either. Got it. Keep going through. Uh, yeah, so we'll, there's also some more contemporary items. Like this is, you know, a photo I took this year okay. of the roof, but it shows sort of, this is actually, this is above sort of the core of the building. You see these sawtooth skylight ceilings, uh-huh. sort of like how it's put together. And you also see lots of different, like decades of different building products going on at once. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so cobbled together. Yeah. Some other, you know, just sort of things as a shop chart from bnt metals just some employees would use that as some sort of reference you know right to do their job every day well and you have some examples here of some of the products that actually came out of bnt and what is now chrome edge yeah so yeah bnt uh at some point they were sort of state of the art in the aluminum extrusion business okay they were doing that stuff and yeah this is sort of a sample chart that you could show to a customer right and you know the different the different things they could purchase so as we move down a lot more contemporary pictures some pictures of what i imagine the space looked like this is the bnt metals uh building before we well one of the we demolished a large one in about 2011 okay which is what the 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 postcard with mayor coleman and uh, ducking from the dust we will be sure to put a picture of that from uh, and then we demolished another section in 2016 and this is the second floor i had no roof Mm -hmm. pretty crummy shape talk us through some of more of the fixtures that we have here as well as you know flat 2d items that you can look at Mm -hmm. it is like a museum i have glassware and uh we have this rotary uh exhaust hood that's from the roof of chrome edge before they redid that roof Mm -hmm. talk us through how uh 400 became the art studios and event space that it is today the property owner and developer named lance robbins and Mm -hmm. smart growth he uh has a bit of a history on the country of buying old factories brownfield sites and putting money into them and and turning them into some sort of new use. 
And um, a little over 10 years ago, he was sort of uh, driving around the neighborhood. I think he came here for his daughter's graduation at OSU. Okay. I think it was like the first time he ever came to Columbus. Okay. And he was driving around and saw this building and said, I'm going to buy that. The one I'm going to get. Okay. And he started from there. And uh, he had Chris Sherman. He's uh, the project manager. And him and I and a multitude of other people through the years have been working on the buildings. Gotcha. And it is a continual sort of, you're always working on the roof uh, yeah. and always sort of fixing up studios. And do you feel like, while it will always be a work in progress, is it currently, it's probably going to be in this state that it is for a while, or is there further uh, further plans for, I don't know, additional studios or? We do have some potentially uh, develop our uh, brick building we call the Hulk. Okay. That's the, the last of the old, old BNT factory. We have a plan to turn that into like sort of a strong water two banquet hall. Okay. And plans for a big commercial kitchen in uh, the part we call the tomb. Okay. And then, you know, we always are altering things. Like, we'll, like, move walls around, move doors around. Just depending on the needs that you yeah, have. Yeah, depending on the needs of the tenants or our needs. And I'd say, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's built out. And now it's more of, like, a fine-tuning mode. Okay. Like, we got it. We're settled. We know what we're doing. Gotcha. We can, we can like, make a museum about what we're doing. Indeed. We have, we have the time now to do that. You've had at least 10 years of history here. Well, what I think is interesting about the, the show is that there, it's a real mixture of things that happened in the, you know, roughly 100-year history before it became 400 West Rich. Yeah, it highlights sort of what we found here. Okay. More so than what we've done here. Yeah, and there's little artifacts here from blueprints from the space to industry magazines. That, yeah, this that, is a catalog. Right. In a mint condition. In the, oh, in, in the, the bag still. Of, yeah. Of, but even down to letters from employees yeah. to... Old job applications from the 1940s, mm -hmm. letters and correspondence from the company to employees and vice versa, some old invoices. Mm -hmm. It's interesting stuff. So the previous owner was a guy named Bob Eichholt. Okay. And he had a art glass um, furnace upstairs and made uh, art glass for a few decades out of this building. Mm -hmm. These are some examples of some vases and a paperweight, I guess, that he made. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when can people come and see the show? Well, I kind of set it up in about the worst time possible. Uh, right. <laughs> we're uh, back in a second COVID kind of lockdown situation. Um, I do believe we are open for an outdoor market December 11th for mm -hmm. our Franklin and Friday. I would just say it's open by appointment. Got it. I'll let a few people in at a time. Yeah. If you're really, really into Franklin or industrial history of Columbus, uh -huh. this is the show for you. Great. If not, you'd probably be bored to tears by it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but there are souvenir postcards. Absolutely. Free for all that attend, right? Free for all that attend. Uh, but admission is free. It's family friendly. Se habla espanol. Great. Zach, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> All right, you too, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. 
please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite curator. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.